Welcome to the Jesus Said Love podcast. This is a space where we talk about what it means to awaken hope and empower change. Listen, for over a decade, Em and I have been fostering relationships with men and women who've been impacted by the commercial sex industry. And it's through those relationships that Jesus Said Love was born. We figured it was time to talk about what this ministry has taught us and is still teaching us along the way. I promise it's going to be a place of conversation and story. And we hope you learn something new. Maybe you see something in a new way. Fun fact, you're going to hear music because Brett and I are musicians. Yep. We can't just talk. Nope. we got to sing and play too. We do. Here's the deal, guys. Our hope is that as you hear these stories, that you'll tap into your own story and that you'll be encouraged to live and love well like Jesus. Okay, Brett, I'm so excited to be here today. Well, I'm excited to be here with you as well. Um, I'm really excited because we are going to talk about a subject that has just been kind of rolling around in my head and in my heart right now, and it's the subject of home. Do you have a favorite memory of home? You mean like as a little kid? I don't know. However you want to answer that. Oh, gosh, that's such an open-ended question. My word. It's Um, the best kind. When I think back to my childhood home, my immediately Christmases. Mm -hmm. Man, I just love Christmas. What was your favorite part about Christmas? The whole month. The whole month. So just the anticipation. Yep, the anticipation, the sounds, the smells, the parties, the people coming over, the Christmas tree. And it was all encapsulated, or, you know, came to the big, you know, climax on Christmas morning. Mm -hmm. And we were, um, you, you didn't write, Santa Claus didn't wrap gifts. Oh, yeah. It's we just have they're, different all, they're all displayed next mm-hmm. to your stocking, so you know what you um, what, what he brought you. And so that was really, I, yeah. still, I, I, I'm, I still miss that. Are there certain smells associated with home when you think back to your childhood upbringing? Yes. Can and you it's smell? The, and my mom, and she's probably listening to this too. Don't be offended, mom. She used to love mulberry candles. Oh, I remember loving mulberry. That and was, I yeah. just, I can't do it. Yeah, I so can't you're not. Do it. Yeah, but you, but it reminds you of home. Heck yeah, it does. Like if you walked in somewhere and you smelled somebody burning a mulberry candle, you would immediately be taken back to that space. No doubt. So I think as we turn the corner from summer and into fall, Maybe that's the natural time of transition of why this theme has been rolling around in me for some time. And um, this is going to be kind of a philosophical conversation, okay? Which I, for the, the audience needs to know that you love that space. I, I adore it. If you could just live in the clouds and just consider <laughs> no. all the things. Um, no, seriously. Yeah, so that's a very peaceful place, but then I have to do something with it. Yes, yes, so I don't just true. I don't just live in that space. No. I take it and then I have to like synthesize it into action. Yes. So it does for me. Now, the problem is a lot of times what I'm thinking about and concepts that I'm um, mulling around, I can't always articulate very well. So I do write every single day of my life. Yeah, I have always journaled. Do. I've always written because it helps me bring to fruition and bring to the like 
prefrontal cortex of a mind, like what what's happening? What kind of language can I ascribe to these like huge ideas that are whirling around up there? Which makes us such an interesting couple because I'm not not (laughs) the loftiest thinker. No, you're just so earthy and practical. You are so, you're visionary, which is interesting Mm -hmm. because you kind of see you can see the future. You can see where you want to go. But I would say that most of your future and forward thinking is attached to material things. And most of my forward thinking is attached to ideas. Maybe. You know what I mean? Um, so I think that's how we kind of differ. Yeah. So I'm interested to see how this little podcast discussion is going to go. Because I know you're going to go sore and, and I'm okay. going to try to come up and meet you. Well, here's what, here's what I'm going to ask you. I want you to be ruthless in your curiosity and your questions. I can do that. I know you can. And that's why I love having these conversations with you because you'll stop me and you'll go, you're not making sense. Can you <laughs> unpack that a little more? Um, and so I want you to do that because I, I am not at all arrogant enough to believe that this is going to make sense to everyone. And yet I believe that home is something that is so intrinsic to each of us that we get it. We get it on a level that we don't even have language for. Mm-hmm. Um, so as we have kind of transitioned from summer into fall, this is a natural time when we think about the home. We think about, um, you know, transitioning from like this summer landscape of play that is very external from home where we go away on missions or vacations or or outside, even just outside swimming or playing in the trees or, you know, what, I mean, I don't know how much you played in the trees this summer, climb some trees, but you know, we, (laughs) or eating out or some of those things that we enjoy um, doing. And then in the summer we get into this routine. We're at home more. We're kind of cooking more uh, for our families around the table. And we're thinking more, um, about even pumpkins and decor and all that kind of and stuff. And the lighting changes. Lighting changes. Um, we're withdrawn. We are coming in. And uh, so maybe that's why I'm kind of rounding around this theme. But I've also been thinking a lot about what's happening in our world right now. And I feel such a... Uh, it is so distinct to me that home is broken and yet is within us. Home is a place that people are longing for, and yet it's a place many still cannot find. Hmm. Um, it is the number one space in our hearts and our souls, our deepest attachments all have home written all on them, which is family. And with the women that we work with, it is the number number one thing that is so apparent, not just if they are homeless or not, not if there's just a dwelling place or not, but that that thing that's been broken for a long, long time and to tap into, um, those places feels like we can't get anywhere unless we do it. But when we do that, it's really dangerous too. you know, it's come 
kind of scary and sacred all at the same time. So I want to read this quote from Henry Nouwen because I've been thinking a lot about what our homes are made for. Home is a place and a space of hospitality. It's a, in the Christian faith, I mean, God, God asks us to be generous with our homes. I mean, from Old Testament to New Testament, you know, Isaiah 58 talks about providing the poor wanderer with shelter, of regarding the alien as part of you and your family and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood. So home is written all through the scriptures. And before we get to that, I just want, I just want to read this quote uh, from Henry Nouwen regarding uh, transforming hostility or moving from hostility to hospitality. And he writes, In our world full of strangers, estranged from their own past, culture, country, from their neighbors, friends, and family, from their deepest self and their God. We witness a painful search for a hospitable place where life can be lived without fear and where community can be formed. And that is the search for home. Hmm. When I read that, we're all looking for that hospitable place for our souls Um, so when I think that home is calling to us, I think that home is also kind of what we have lost a little bit of in this sense of home in our world, or perhaps we can't ever lose it, but we're always searching for it. Perhaps home is so intrinsically in us, but it's that thing we, that's so inside that we try to make it external of us. And there's this disconnect between we think we can build all these places that will satisfy, and they never do, mm-hmm. because we're not at home within ourselves. Um, you know, it's interesting because in the Christian faith, when we think about, um, you know, the first home in the garden, and then there's the disruption, and there's the fracture, and there's the casting out of Eden. And now they're wanderers. Now they have to go find a place. And then it's the Israelites, and now they're enslaved. And then they're freed, and they're wandering through the desert. But it's not quite home. It's not quite, even though what they had was slave enslavement, they kind of, it, it felt disrupted. And so then they wanted to go back. And it's like, but we're yearning for this promised land. But that's just an idea. Like, we don't even know if that's going to be worth it. And we're out here in the desert, in the rain, and having to depend on this God, you know, who's leading us, cloud by day and, and a fire by night. And we only get manna. And it's getting tiresome. And I think of... Then in the progression of the story of Christ leaving his home in heaven, if you will, and coming to our home, the home he created in the very wrapping himself in the very skin that we're wrapped in. And now Christ after death and resurrection and ascension is now housed in our own bodies. Now we are the embodiment and we are the home for the living Christ, right? So this whole story of like wandering and frag- fracture and um, what we're out there trying to build and discover and create 
And then Christ in us, the hope of glory saying, no matter where you go, I am at home in you and you are at home with me in the heavenlies. Um, does this make sense? Yeah. What song are you thinking of right now? I have no idea. You I'm not, you know? uh-uh, no. So as you're talking, that old Christy Knuckles song, Come and Make My Heart oh, Your Home. Oh, yeah. Come and make my Come and be everything I am yeah. and all I know. Search mm-hmm. me through and through. Yeah. You know, we, car- we carry home in us. Like, we are all these little Edens. You know, we all carry this garden, this space, this home within us that other people are invited to. So I think when Henry Nowen says, we're all looking for for a hospitable place where our fears can be relinquished and we can have community. It's what we look for in a church home, in a neighborhood that will be a good, quote, home for us, right? The question becomes to me, and the sadness is that like, what happens when home is destroyed? What happens when the house that became a home because your family dwelled in it and it and it developed a soul as you created life in those four walls? You know, Miranda Lambert writes about the house that built me. I like good song. Bald when I heard that first song. I just I like heard it and I mean I I my mind it's like she she was able to take me back to that earliest space and I could see the trees in our backyard. I could remember the places I wrote things in my closet on the little wall. I can still smell it like right now. I am seeing Yeah, I can still smell that house too. Yeah. That house had a unique smell. Right? So it even when those things are destroyed when i was when i was 2 or 3 my uh, parents lived in an apartment and my sister and i my brother wasn't born yet and she tells this story uh, my mom and dad have told us the story of our apartment catching on fire and it was christmas eve and all the presents were set out. Of course, I was little. I I don't was really it the Christmas tree. Remember this? I I don't know what it was. We lived in an apartment complex, and I, we were on the bottom floor. And they tell the story of the fire, you know, just consuming the entire home. I had apparently slept in uh, my parents' room in between them, but my sister was in her crib. And no, sorry, it, it wasn't the Christmas tree. It was the lamp between our beds that caught on fire. Mm. And so the lamp fell over onto the bed, as I remember the story being told, the, the lamp fell over and my bed was completely consumed with flames, with fire. My but you just happened to be sleeping in the But I room. was, yes, but I was in my parents' um, bedroom. And they woke up and they smelled the smoke. Um, they got out of the house and were able, my dad was able to go around to the outside of the apartment in my bedroom window and pull my sister out from the crib. Um, but imagine Christmas morning waking up as a young family who's got two kids and everything that you have in your possession is totally gone, right? Yeah. Um and so now you're, you know, thankfully we, we did have a family that pulled together and 
we got another apartment before my parents ever owned a home of their own. But, um, you know, I think of the Harvey victims. I think of immigrants who are um, fleeing home and in search of a new home. And so the question becomes, when that home is destroyed, is home destroyed? No. It is and it's not. You know, that makes me think of something. It makes me think that time I went over, my very first trip overseas, I went to Turkey and Kazakhstan. Mm-hmm. And the Iron Curtain had just fallen. Mm. And when we were in Kazakhstan, what was interesting was there were Russians everywhere, mm. but there were also Kazakhs. Mm-hmm. And Kazakhs actually look Asian. Mm-hmm. They don't they don't look, mm. you know, European at all. And what was interesting was the Kazakh people have their own language, mm-hmm. their own religion, their own culture, their own philosophy on life, uh, their own food. And when the Russians came in during the Russian Revolution, they basically took away their entire culture. Mm-hmm. And they had to, they were forced to learn Russian. Mm. Uh, they were forced to adopt the Russian way of life. Mm. And so now that the Iron Curtain had fallen, now these Kazakh folks are wanting to rediscover their language. Mm-hmm. And it was just really, it, it's really interesting. And that, that's, that to me is a broken home. You have a right. people group that lost everything about their home mm-hmm. at the hands of another people group. Mm-hmm. And then when that other people group goes away, now all of a sudden they're left with, who am I? Mm-hmm. Where am I? Well, they knew where they're at because it's their homeland. Mm-hmm. But, all the architecture changed. Mm-hmm. It became the Russian stuff. Mm-hmm. And then you had a group of Russians who were, were born there. Mm-hmm. So it had become home for them, mm. but it's the Russian version. You mm-hmm. see what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> and so it's not like they want to get up and move back to Mother Russia because for them, their home is Kazakhstan. That's mm-hmm. all they've ever known. Mm-hmm. But they don't know anything about this Kazakh culture. And mm. so then you have. It's, it was it was really interesting, and I had never thought about that until sitting there talking to college students mm-hmm. who were leading the charge to bring back right culture, culture, heritage. So home is heritage. Home is where we're from. Home is where we go, and home is where we return. And we do this in ourselves over and over and over again. And to use your example. I think of it so clearly in the beautiful movement I'm seeing now of um, our black brothers and sisters who are reclaiming their heritage, who are tracing back their roots because they grew up, right, being children, being Americans, but perhaps who had a heritage that had been so lost because of displacement and slavery and violence. Um, And so yet... There is this sense of, and and you'll hear it when um, people get to travel back to their homeland. Right? Oh, speaking of, to to, to listen to propaganda mm. describe his trip to Ethiopia mm. is emotionally mind blowing, mm. and to to hear his story of connecting with, um, with his homeland, right. And uh, it's just amazing. And so I think there's a, it's, it's like there is a knowing that's there and a loneliness that's very palpable when you can't 
materialize, when there's nothing to represent on the external of what you feel internally. Mm -hmm. And that feeling of not belonging, that you don't belong. And for some of us, it's our own family. Mm. For some of us, that sense of like, I don't fit in. I just, I, I don't feel like I fit here. There's a, there's a disruption. There's a, you know, um, a tear. Um, and, and we all struggle with this and it is imperative eventually that we leave home, that we leave home in order to find home within us. Mm-hmm. And I've been thinking, Ooh, that's good. Right. Right. And that, that is what we're doing over and over again. It's like we're from this home, but, but then we leave it. And then it turns out we had home in us all Each along. of us have our Each own home. Each of us have home in us. Which is why when you go back, like college students go back after they've gone to college. And they're like, this feels weird. This feels so weird. Right? Like yeah. I, I recognize this place. I recognize the smell. I feel safe, mm-hmm. maybe. But... There's a di- there's something different. Something different because it's not your home because anymore. Because that that home you within them it. individually has been awakened. And we are whole. What's interesting in, in just I think about you know the womb of you know bearing children in this home of sorts within myself. <laughs> you know, so it's like a world within a world, and then you give birth, and that child becomes their own home mm-hmm. that you get to kind of adopt and raise within your own, but you're setting them up to go make home and find home in the world and be a place of hospitality for so many. Um, And we do that, you know, and I I think that I started, when I started thinking about this, um, I got really kind of nostalgic at one point. Your mom gave me, when we moved to our current um, dwelling place, um, she gave me this Mark Twain quote, and it's set on our piano. And I was just playing around and just doodling and humming away. And I just kept looking at the words of uh, this house blessing from Mark Twain. Our house had a heart and it had a soul. It had eyes to see us. We dwelled in its confidence, um, and we never left it. That when we came, when we returned to it, it didn't light up to greet us. And I got so sentimental thinking about the home that we had left on Windsor, yeah. where we had birthed JSL from, where um, you know, and that space was like a rental property for twenty years before we bought it. I was super pregnant with Hattie. We painted the outside yeah. ourselves. I was pregnant. Um, and we painted Actually, the outside. I, I mean, I well, painted, you painted the inside, painted but remember, outside. I painted the outside too because I got that. Then that's when I was pregnant with um, Lucy. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and in I ended August. up. We did that in August. Do you yeah, remember? I Why do, would be, we do such? I do because I got um, um, what do you call it? Sun poisoning or? Yeah, I remember, I got my kidneys were no. That all was our. Up. That was our very first home that we ever bought. Right. Um, and it held us for fifteen years. Right albums and church home when we left you know uh, corporate church for a season and did house church we would worship there we would eat there we even had a passover meal one time there i remember and and foot washing with several families yeah. um we had some really 
great fights. We learned how to fight there in that house. Did we? Oh yeah. I'm sure we did. I don't. Yeah, we did. I don't. I don't remember the fights as much. Maybe that's just my reframing. I do. Uh, We had some some great dinners Mm -hmm. out on that deck. Yes, and the tree that shaded Ah, the backyard. I miss her. Yeah, I miss her. So I think you know I'm sitting in our new home, and it's wonderful. It's absolutely wonderful. And we're making home, but we've been there two years and it still feels like we're making home. Yeah. And what's interesting is, is people who had owned that house before we did have reached out and we're hearing their stories of when that was their home. So that was kind of a unique, it's like, um, I don't know, being with someone else's girlfriend and you're hearing about (laughs) their experience with the girl. And now we're having our experience with her. And she looks different because we remodeled her. Right. And, but the pool's the same and yeah. the great big slide is the same. So <laughs> people are sending stories about, I remember when I was blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And we do, we do attach, you know, um, memory. We attach um, pleasure and pain and beauty and goodness and trauma to these certain spaces. Um, because they hold us and, and they mark, right, where we um, have grown and where we've lived and taken up residence mm-hmm. at some point. And so I think I was, I was thinking all this through of what we've left and, and where we are now. And to a certain degree, all of this has happened in the last few years as JSL has gotten a building because we basically left our 3224 Windsor which was the birthplace for everything. And then JSL got its own home. Mm -hmm. And then we got another dwelling place for our family. And so it felt like we kind of grew out. And one of the things that a lot of the women who we had housed at um, at our house before JSL had a space is they loved being there because they sensed peace. Mm-hmm. They sensed. And I remember when we got this building that we're sitting in right now that was is now JSL HQ, we wanted this to not just feel like an agency of sorts. We yeah, wanted I mean, it to feel like home. It's a big concrete building. Yeah. And, and so the work to go into how do we, I mean, can we bring the peace that, that was there? Can we bring it? Does it stay there? Like when you leave a place, when you have to leave home, do you have to leave that piece behind or can you take it with you or do you leave a part there and then take it with you? And I think what what it's reminded me of is that home is so, home is in us and home is so much bigger. Like we can grow it everywhere we go. Um, we can bring the peace, right? That because we were who made that peace. Yes, like not God the wood made and that the peace, right? Sheetrock. Yeah, we we were able to bring that to bear um, in that space, and so as I'm writing and I'm I'm singing and I'm trying to put these kind of words together, I just start crying. I could barely make it through the words coming off my lips as my fingers fumbled on the piano. Because I'm thinking about Hattie Mm. and I'm thinking and realizing like, you know, these memories, of course, are just popping up in her little ballerina and her and Lucy playing out on the deck in that Windsor home that we had and, and the windows closing 
on what we've been able to provide her with um, as home. And, you know, she'll be a senior next year. And so the question is, has our home done a good job? Like, have we done a good job providing home for her so that, and do we feel comfortable, not all the way, but does, does it feel painful for her to leave and recognize there will be, there's a home waiting for her that is not a part of us, mm-hmm. you know, that, that we have had a hand in and that for certainly will always be connected to, but she'll create home in the world and she'll find home apart from us. Yeah. It's that, that is interesting to think about that, you know, you and I started our home and then we had these babies and they helped influence and inform the home we know of today. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the chemistry, the, the pace, the laughter, they all have a piece in making that. Mm-hmm. But I know the home we have now is going to change. Mm-hmm. And then it'll just be you and me again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so it'll be interesting to see. Okay, and so what, what yeah. comes out of that, like, right? And so what happens often is, why are we talking about this? Damn it! <laughs> what happens sometimes that I experience in family is, um, you know, we're we're creating and doing all these things external of us to quote make home and make our home feel like a home, make our house feel like a home, and all this, but we're not settling in to ourselves to find and connect with God within us who is spirit. And so then when all these external things go, when the kids go, maybe there's displacement, maybe there's financial loss, maybe your house got repossessed, maybe you're, you know, you have to flee your, your homeland. It, it, it disrupts all of that. And unless there has, unless you have, have made peace inside, then it gets to be really hard to reconnect with home again on the outside, with the outside world. And so that's when you see marriages crumble, kids mm-hmm. leave home, and mom and dad can't hold it anymore. Well, no, they, they gave up their marriage to be parents. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know they didn't. They didn't continue to invest in each other, mm-hmm. or in themselves, or themselves, right? Yeah, and they spent all their time going to games and mm-hmm. doing the things and making sure all the mm-hmm. all the kids are tended to, mm-hmm. and that is important. Mm-hmm. But if you if you sacrifice one for the other, did you really take care of, of any of it? Right, and yeah. that's hard. I mean, that's the hard work and. I just, yeah, I think, I think at the end of the day, um, the gift that we can give our children is a really strong marriage Mm -hmm. that they can rest on and be confident in Mm -hmm. so that when they do leave, they've been shown a foundation and then all of a sudden now it's just us again Mm -hmm. and we may have to reacquaint ourselves with certain things. Right. The pace will be different. I don't know. We like... We yeah. like to be busy, so who knows? I doubt our pace will change. But 
We won't have the sounds. Yeah. The sounds will change. Yeah. It sounds really important to and me. And see, all of that is, you know, that hum, that rattle and hum mm-hmm. that you get used to. I mean, you you do hear a, a, like an underscore. Your fam- Every family has their own underscore. Some is loud and, and you know, dinner tables maybe loud and obnoxious and you're fighting to get a word in edgewise, you know? Um, and then, and some, some families, the, the rattling hum is quiet and, you know, sometimes too quiet. I mean, Mm -hmm. I've had friends who've gone, I never felt like I could just scream in my house. I just wanted to scream. There was this underlying tension, you know? So every, every sound, every, every home has a different hum to it indeed. But um, I will say that if if all of that external goes and you haven't known what to do with the voices in your head and the hum in your heart and all the angst or bitterness or resentment or curiosities that dwell there, then it becomes really, really hard to settle in anywhere. Yeah. Really, really tough. Um. The last thing that I just want to say um, before we kind of introduce something new and fun is um, I think right now for the world, it feels like sometimes maybe we are making our home in right or left, north, south, east, west, um, even in ideas that we are we are landing and attaching and making our beds in in places that um, we forget to have a welcome for all. Mm-hmm. And so um, I think with what's happening, you know, at the border for for us here in Texas, um, I think about the Bahamas and the just devastation. I think about Houston. I think about Still, even in Puerto Rico, you know, some um, families still rebuilding there. Um, home is home is sacred. Yeah, well, I mean, I, even just now we have a family friend who mm-hmm. they had just got back into their home mm-hmm. from after Harvey, Harvey. After Harvey. And they yeah. lost everything. They didn't have the right insurance. And they finally built it back. And she even wrote on a post that um, she replaced her new home with... Um, new stuff, like for the first time she was able to buy, she called it adult stuff. Yeah. You know, the first round was all hand-me-downs and stuff like that. Only to be hit by Imelda Mm. and flooded their house again. Mm. And it's just stuff. Yeah, but it it, it is something, right? But that, I just... Because it's significant. What are the odds? What are the... I mean, that's trauma. Oh, for sure. I mean, so... Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's threatened home. Home is always, uh, threatened and we have to work really hard to connect with, um, with God within us. And, um, and I just, I want to kind of share a piece of this new project that we're working on. Are you going to tell them everything? Tell them everything. Okay. No. Okay, okay. But you're going to get uh, a taste for, um, yeah, this project that we're working on. And I'm super excited because the song is called Home. I wrote a song and 
Um, it came out, and it was inspired by the Mark Twain uh, quote, and then I kind of went on through this journey. But as you listen to it, I just want you to think and have great awareness of um, what you're creating in your own home if you, within yourself, feel settled. Like, do you feel settled? Also, can you bless where you came from? Can you bless the home in which you were formed, even if it bore pain? Um, Is there something... Is there some blessing within it that you can take with you? Maybe you hear this song and and the images of of immigrants crossing with their children for thousands and thousands of miles comes up into your head, just empathizing with with what they're leaving behind, right? This this is tragic. <laughs> no matter if you agree or disagree, this fleeing of home in pursuit of better. That's why we're here in America, right? Like we left a place to create a new home for our country. Mm -hmm. Um, And everything that that entails, even the violence and the hardship. And can we be a part of now um, helping to repair home, helping to create places of hospitality, without fear, so that people um, can find community. You know, this is God's heart. This is God's desire, Isaiah 58, to provide the poor wanderer with shelter and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood. And it's also loving your neighbor. Yeah, yeah. Because he said to do that. Right. Yeah, If, if that is the way that we... Are grafted into if that's the way that we will claim to love, um, it has serious implications. And um, yeah, so as we kind of head into fall, we just it's just been something rolling around, just the gifts and the hardships and the losses and the wins and all of it. Um, yeah, can we bless? Can we bless home and can we find it? And can we bless the fact that your boy is about to play a song in a key that I never play in? Because you, the untrained pianist, (laughs) decided on a whim to just knock this song out in the all black keys. It sounded better. My fingers just found it, you know? And it's the same few chords over and over, so it's not like I wrote anything that hard for you to play. I I don't play in this key, so (laughs) it's just a stretch. Well, I hope you guys enjoy it. I hope that um, our listeners, you guys are getting a first view. This isn't released on iTunes or Spotify yet. Um, So we'll see what becomes of it. But we just wanted to give it up as an offering. So here's home. Of a 
fight jealousy of you oh okay well that might be another podcast you just have such a beautiful way with words Mm. and i can't write like you well and i just love it you just you you just you're home to me 
Yeah, you're home to me too. And I hope that if you listen, that you um, enjoyed it. I hope that you'll share it. I hope that you have peace upon your home. I hope that you make home and make a space. Um, There are no strangers among us, right? We're brothers and sisters. And so um, I hope you find home and you find that peace. We'll see you guys soon. Share the love. Hey, thanks for joining the Jesus Said Love podcast. We are so glad you have chosen to awaken hope and empower change with us. We want to remind you to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and leave us a review Yes, because your voice matters. It's how we get this message into the world. And lastly, be sure to follow Jesus Said Love on Instagram and Facebook for up-to-date info and visit the website at JesusSaidLove.com for how you can join the JSL fam. Until next time. Share the love.